Welcome to The Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 76, Continuous Improvement and Generational Trauma with Eleanor Perella. As a continuous improvement leader, you know the importance of respect for people, and you know that respect for people includes understanding and respecting yourself. How might you do that when you are dealing with the effects of generational trauma? Eleanor Perella has personal experience overcoming generational trauma and using that experience as a coach to help high achievers free themselves to meet their potential. She is here to tell us about that. Eleanor Perella, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Hi, Bella. Thank you. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here today. So, Eleanor, you are a personal coach for high achievers. Um, tell us, uh, how did you get into that line of work? The coaching or about my niche? <laughs> you can go any direction you like. That's that's what kind of yes, podcast this is. The, the coaching because I coached myself. I've been my own experiment since I was 19. So, and I coached myself through a lot of toxic hardships. And for the high achievers, uh, eventually I came to, to understand that I had to guide and help uh, high achievers because I am a high achiever. And so I really understand what uh, a high achiever goes through and um, what the, the problems are and what the solutions can be. Yeah. And that's, also, that's, also because high achievers are, are people who don't need uh, to be motivated. They have that internal self-motivation. Exactly, like me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I was just, it's funny, I was just thinking about that this morning and, and who are the people that I like to work with. And I think it's very difficult to be in a situation where you're trying to literally sell what you're doing to somebody who is not willing, you know, it is not motivated to do it, right? I think that, and I know a lot of uh, my listeners work inside companies that are often in a situation where they have to work with people. Um, and it's who would just not, you know, don't want to do it and you have to be very persuasive, but it is wonderful to be able to work with someone who is self-motivated and wants to be even better, even more effective than they, they already are. It's, it's such a delight to be able to do that. So tell us a little bit about um, where you came from academically. How did, how did you start um, from in your schooling? In the Netherlands, I went to university in the Netherlands because I moved there when I was 20. And uh, I found there uh, one of my biggest passions, uh, a study about Latin America. And so I just dove into it and it was amazing. I really, it wasn't easy because I was uh, not in a good shape emotionally. And so I was going through a lot of uh, problems but I, I did my study with such a passion and such an interest that it was my world. 
So that is a very interesting background for somebody who is now working as a coach, because I'm sure you are working with all kinds of people who are not necessarily Latin American scholars, right? You're working with people in many, many fields of business. Yeah, but uh, my study actually uh, are, well, they added a lot to what I do uh, as a coach because I studied literature and literature is, how can I say it? Um, you can learn a lot about human behavior through literature, really a lot. And the second master that I took was uh, again in Latin American studies, but I chose for cultural anthropology. And uh, the, the topic that I was interested in, is, uh, in was the political violence, was conflict, resolution, trauma, conflict and resolution. And that must have spoken to you um, personally as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I was in some way always attracted by this kind of topics where, yeah, there is violence, there is conflict. Why? You know, I was interested in knowing why there is so much violence, there are so many conflicts. So, so you've alluded a couple of times already to what you have gone through in terms of dealing with emotional issues coming out of trauma in order to be able to allow your high achieving self to be a high achiever. So what can you tell us about that journey? It was a very difficult journey and very long because I did it myself. And it started, well, the first phase, I was totally unaware. I was 12 when I began to manifest my family's toxic emotional inheritance. So this toxic legacy that is passed on to us from generation to generation. And I began to smoke. I began to develop the binge eating disorder. I was bullied at school. And, you know, there weren't my choice because nobody's so stupid to choose to hurt himself. But at the time I wasn't aware of that. So I got really depressed because of that, because also I didn't understand why. I was a normal child, so why do I have to suffer so much? When I was 19, my father died, and then I awoke. And then I saw that I was a toxic product of my family. And this is why I was having those issues in my life and within myself. And now that at my at age 19, I was awake, I could also do something to eliminate the root cause. I finally saw the root cause. And, uh, but then from 19 till recently, uh, 40 something, it was 2018. So the journey was so long. Mm. And it was a journey of manifesting and eliminating the root cause of all of my family's troubles this is such a, a an interesting way of thinking about uh, continuous improvement so in continuous improvement in lean we talk you know often about you know identifying root cause and uh, we, we talk about you know running experiments in order to be able to address the root cause or root causes because often there are multiple root causes and Elena what you're talking about is really conducting and you said it already conducting those experiments 
on yourself in your own life. And, and that takes courage, right? Because now you have to step out of what you know and go into what you don't know. So how how did you start out on that? How did how did uh, and I don't want you to feel that you know you have to share anything you're not comfortable with sharing. But what kinds of experiments did you do, and and how did you structure your learning coming out of those experiments? Because I I didn't want to be a toxic product of my family. Yeah. So I I had to do something to eliminate the the root cause. And by the way, actually the root cause is only one: is our family's toxic emotional inheritance. You have to see it uh, as as one thing that is uh, that has several components. And so there are tendencies, there are beliefs, there are inner conflicts that we inherit, there are emotions and feelings that we inherit, thoughts, even thoughts, because I understood that not all my thoughts were mine. <laughs> I had thoughts that belonged to my mother, for example, like I was a failure, <laughs> I am a failure. This, this was a thought that, uh, poisons my life because it was preventing me from achieving my goals, even from understanding what my goals were, what I loved, what my dreams were, because my mother thought that about herself and she passed that on to me and she fueled that with her poor parenting. She never encouraged me to explore my inner world. But you did. But you did. You I started did to do that, right? You, right? You, 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 there was a, there was that point as at nineteen, I guess, when you said you, when you when you woke up, when you started to to explore that and to and to separate yourself from what came from your family. Um, so, and I, and I think that that is, it, it, I won't say it's unique, but it's unusual, right? Because I think a lot of a lot of people are not able to separate themselves from what they get from their family either positively or negatively and you're talking about not just negative but 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 toxicity toxic, things that, yeah and toxic means poisoning right so i mean yeah. so and poisoning means that you're not strong that you're not healthy that you're not able to do the things that you that you are created to be able to do Exactly, because the, the toxic is what poisons our lives, that prevents ourselves from being who we really are. The negative, no, it, it's very healthy. Sadness, uh, you can sometimes feel a little bit depressed, you can uh, show anger. When it's negative, negative, it is okay because it balances uh, together with the positive. So, and the toxic, are mostly emotions, feelings, all that energy that comes from um, traumas and they are not healed. Then they become toxic. And then, then uh, it, it's a problem. If you don't, don't recognize, don't, don't discern the toxic from the negative, then, then it, it becomes a real problem. You don't grow, you go through toxic hardships, you, you put your life at risk. It's a waste of time, a waste of, a waste of energy, and you don't learn anything because from these toxic hardships, you don't learn anything. If you think that you've learned something once you've overcome the obstacle, it's not because you really learned something. It's because you see what you had inside yourself, what the, the beauty, the potential, the talents, they, you made room 
for all those beautiful traits to be seen, you know, and the, the, the lessons that we have inside, because most of the things that we need to know about ourselves and life are written inside of us. But what you're saying is that they are masked in a way by the toxicity yeah. or, or generational trauma that comes that comes mm -hmm. from families. Yeah, they, they, they are clouded. And I began to experiment by challenging thoughts that were mine, challenging beliefs that were mine, or that I thought they were mine, but uh, in some way they, they didn't... Uh, feel like real i couldn't see in the reality that i was living in uh, and in the world that there was uh, that they were consequent uh, consequent i mean that, that there was um between the the belief and the practice there was no bridge <laughs> there was a gap yeah, that was, so I thought, that was how can that it was be? so no? not much evidence right so yeah. so you have the belief so if you take the belief well well, I'm a failure, but you don't have evidence of that because because you actually you do well in school or you know you you are able to do things that that's evidence that you're not that's a failure. Simple. But there's a conflict right there between the belief and the evidence. Um, and I think what you're saying, if if I can paraphrase and and, uh, and tell me what I get wrong, what I think what you're saying is it's taking the learning there if there is learning is just looking at that and saying the evidence is not does not match the belief reality does not match the belief right this is a good exercise when you are awake and you want to become aware observe observe and if you don't see the match then it means that that belief is false period so, so let me ask you a question about that because i think sometimes what we do is when we have the belief we also construct a reality that supports the belief. So I, I'll give you an example. Supposing if, if you have the belief, well, I'm a failure, and the first time you try something, you don't do well at it, which is normal because you're not supposed to do well the first time you try something, correct, right? Um, then it you depends. can, it depends, <laughs> you know, but you know, let's say, you know, the first, you know, but for a lot of, for a lot of people, right, the first time you try something, you're not going to do it as well as an expert, right? You, you're going to, you're going to have, do it as a learner does it. And you could look back at it and say, well, that proves I was a failure. Or you could look back, which is which is reinforcing the belief, but not reinforcing it with a real fact, right? It's it's allowing yourself to reinforce the belief because I because doesn't it happen sometimes that holding on to the belief is more comfortable than going out and challenging the belief? I I'm afraid you are right. It's it's more comfortable. But actually, it's just an illusion because if you don't challenge it, then, uh, uh, well, living in comfort zones, I yeah. mean, you don't grow and this is already a problem, not only for you, but if you have children, it's a problem for your children. They don't grow, they don't evolve, and also for the community because there is no prog progress. Right, and and we want we want progress. We we want to improve. We want things to be better. We want we want ourselves to be better, so that, um, yeah, so that we could be, do better things in in the world. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So you've, you use the term generational trauma. Can you define a little bit more what that means? Yes, by using the examples from my personal experience. Okay, so, for example, great. my Go mother, she yeah. uh, she wasn't born out of the energy of love. She wasn't wanted, and you know, when a child is not wanted, then uh, it's uh, it's not possible to to raise a healthy and functional child. Uh, and uh, she was also severely mistreated. She was so double traumatized by her parents, especially by her father. And so she grew up uh, with uh, an internal world that was uh, actually, that wasn't functional and it was full of suffering. And uh, then she had to leave her parents' house because of the violence that she was experiencing but she didn't have the courage to make a choice for herself, meaning to uh, do something about the trauma, heal and uh, live her own life. So she escaped, escaped the parents' house by marrying my father. <laughs> so it wasn't love and uh, she didn't want to have children. And uh, but my father wanted, and so she had to compromise. And I was born not out the energy of love, unfortunately. And this is trauma. And uh, she passed on to me her internal issues. And she fueled all that with poor parenting because she didn't know how to raise a child. She didn't know what love is. Most of us don't know what love is. We think we know it, but we don't. And uh, so I was raised in a way that was, well, I was pretty much alone, you know, because she wasn't um, loving. She couldn't guide me through life. She didn't share her energy with me to help me towards my, my path to evolve. She never did that. She, she, she was a very controlling, very obsessive woman. And my father was absent because he was a very busy businessman and he was always uh, at his uh, company working. And so also, he was also traumatized. Yeah. And he never built a relationship with me. When he died, I was 19 and I didn't know him. I didn't know anything about him, although we, we lived under the same roof. I didn't know about his past, his childhood, his emotions, his opinions on things, nothing, nothing. And yeah, these, these are traumas. And these, and these traumas are generational, not just because they came from your parents' generation to you, but what you're saying is that they also had experienced trauma in their life so they had incorporated that in them, themselves and, and, and passed it on. One of the things that um, I hear people say, the people who have had, especially say physical abuse as children, is they is say, and I've had more than one friend say this to me, I don't want to have children myself, or if I do, I'm really afraid I'm going to um, 
repeat that pattern. And so how, and you're not a therapist, you're not, you're not a psychiatrist, but, but from your perspective, how, how possible is it for people to break that, that type of, of pattern? I mean, I, I know friends who have done it, but um, I don't know much about, about what it took for them to be able to do it. It is not easy. It is possible, but you have to be sure because my mother didn't break that pattern that she got from her mother because her mother didn't worry, didn't want to to have children either. Mm. And she, she married because of compromise. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. And the same story over and over same again. Same story. Yeah. Same story. And um, I decided to not have children when I was younger, because I knew that I wasn't ready. I, could, I wasn't able to raise functional and happy children. And like me, I know also other people who said, who had went through the same, and they were pretty honest. I won't have children because I, I don't want to, to pass them uh, this, this legacy. And from the people that I know that they say that they break, broke the, the cycle, when I talk with them, I see that they haven't. That they haven't. They haven't. No, they, they don't repeat the history of their parents and grandparents with their children, meaning that they are kind, they nurture their children, but nurture is not enough. Nurture is not love. So tell us what oh. is the difference between nurture and love? Nurture is when you take care of your children. You give them food. Uh, you help them with homework. You bring them to school. You read with them. You make sure that they uh, live safely in the house uh, when it's cold outside, that they are warm inside. This is nurture. Love is the energy that fuels your will to help yourself and others evolve without causing harm. This is law. And men, majority of the people don't have this energy activated inside of them. And I know many people who had a very toxic past, toxic parents, they have a totally different attitudes with their attitude with their children very nice very kind but strangely enough they are married with a woman who resembles in a negative way their mother so what does it mean and if you attract such a partner it means that you have toxicity inside and then there's there's the likelihood then that the children then subsequently will select a similar yeah, partner. Yeah. And I, I, I know I know we all see that happen over and over again. You know, people marry people like like their parents. Yeah, um, yeah, or partner with people like their parents. Hmm. Yeah. So, but for you, you had you had this moment of awakening, um, and you said it was when you, it was when your father died. Um, hmm. And I know that that for you the 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 real the strongest theme of trauma came through 
your mother, um, and um, but perhaps you can tell us also about some of the biology behind that as well. So it's not just it's not just the psychological influence of the mother, but also some some biological aspects. So I'd I would love you to to get into it and and explain that. Um, so. Um, but 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 first of all, it's just it's so interesting to me to hear you say that it was when your father died that that was when you recognized or started to wake up to to what had happened to you. Why was that? Did you see your mother in a different light then, without your father in the picture? Well, actually, um, well, the the mother uh, is the the vehicle of this toxic inheritance, and it's natural meaning. Uh, it's our mother that carries our in 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 her womb that carries us in her womb so we absorb everything from her to grow physically but also emotionally and there is also research done when women are stressed depressed have anxiety conflicts unresolved childhood issues the fetus absorbs all that so, and it affects not only the, the emotional development, but I read that it affects even the physical development of the but, child, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, and probably more likely to be, I would guess, uh, more likely to be born prematurely or born born with um, with with issues that, that need to be addressed from early childhood, which actually makes it more difficult to care for and nurture a child, right? A difficult child is... is you know, sometimes harder to um, to create a connection with. Yeah, and it affected me emotionally. I mean, I absorbed all the hatred and the, the conflicts that my mother had inside of her. So it's no wonder that then I went through all that in my life. Fathers contribute, of course, because I had a lot also from, from my father. And um, yeah, when he died, I don't know why it happened, but I just began to see things as they really are. I don't have perspective anymore. I don't have filters. I don't have point of views. I mean, I'm free and I see perfectly everything about people, about life, about myself. This is why I could eliminate all toxic elements that I inherited because I recognize them in myself. I, I recognize uh, not only internally, but also physically how, for example, my, my mother's move moves, I, I have had also <laughs> uh, certain types of, uh, how do you say in English, uh, movements that, that are from, or the way to, to use your hands. The, oh, yes. They were typically, yeah. <laughs> typically of my mother, and I said, oh, my goodness, <laughs> I'm her. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And, and, I, and I hate to tell you, the older you get, the more you look at the mirror, you say, that's my mother looking back at me. Yes, you know, I don't think you're ever far from your mother, even if you're not, um, you're not uh, close to her in a in a physical sense. Um, and and many well, people are not. Yeah, yeah, people yeah, yeah. people don't always grow up with their biological mother. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But and uh, I began to see things as they really are, and this is all we know to eliminate the toxic inheritance, uncover who we are, and evolve. Because eventually I evolved into a new human being, free to choose how to feel, what to think, and how to behave in a sane and healthy way. If we don't eliminate the toxic inheritance, 
that is fueled by the pain of our emotional wounds and cultural toxic influences, we don't have choice. The, right. the choices that we make are not ours. And we can't just bury that, right? Because it's 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 gonna so seep into into everything and and every interaction. Elena, I would love to talk more about love because I mean it's a wonderful thing to talk about, right? But it's so you know, on this podcast, we often tackle the terminology that we use in lean thinking, which is this amazing concept of respect for people and respect for people being about um something that i can't even describe adequately but it's but it's something about you know really looking at every human being and saying gosh this is a really marvelous creation mm -hmm. this is somebody who can learn and grow and my job and my interaction with this person whether i am their colleague or their friend or their manager or or their parent i guess is to is to help that person grow and develop and and i think as you say evolve um and it's it's a really hard concept to grasp um not just because i think that that we especially those of us in the west don't have this kind of language in our in our language you know in in the romance languages i mean romance languages are all about love right but but still <laughs> but still it's, it's a it, it might be possessive love or it might be sexual That's love, love. <laughs> it's, but, but yeah but it's not it's not about this idea that gosh this is this this human being is incredible and i am a, my engagement with this human being is about the is about the the growth so talk to talk to me a little bit more about love what that means that word really means to you and where you see it manifested in the world today well, what I said for me is this energy that fuels your will to help yourself and others evolve without causing harm. This is love. And I tweaked the, the definition of love that I found in uh, Scott Peck book, The Road Less Traveled, mm -hmm. because he talks about love in this way. And uh, this is the only thing that that works because if you can use this energy to help yourself evolve you help others evolve you don't cause harm but you know you, you really have to know you have to be awake of what you have inside yourself because there are many people who think that they respect others that they love others mm -mm. no and it's it's also very I always struggled with this word respect, for example, because what does it mean? I mean, okay, one can say, okay, I respect others because, but then you go home, and you drink a cup of coffee. Where does the coffee come from? Mm -hmm. It's cultivated, cultivated where? It's Maybe in, in Latin America or in Africa by peasants who are, who are they treated? no how are they treated right uh, and you know yeah and, and what, <laughs> what is you drink the, the coffee that is you drink, you drink the coffee anyway right and that's a yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a compromise and it's also a blindness right that um that yeah, you can because everything we, we eat we see it in the supermarkets as it is, but we don't ask ourselves, okay, 
what am I really eating today? Is this bread? But what's the story behind it? The people who, who made this in which country? Are they underpaid? Do they have children? Can they support their children with that maybe little money? Are they slave of a farm that makes my bread? So am I respecting others? <laughs> you know, uh, it's and so I. It's uh, I struggle with these things really because it it uh, touches my they touch my heart every time that I also clothes, I mean are they made where in India, by who children. Yeah, that, that's a it's 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 an ethical struggle right it's because. There's also, I think, an aspect of, of privilege to be able to say, well, only eat ethically or only wear clothing ethically, because not everyone can actually afford to do that, right? So, so there is a privilege behind being able to say, well, you know, if I'm going to eat some meat, it comes from an ethically raised cow. And I know that the, you know, that the farmer took care of the cow and that the farmer is well paid and so on and so forth. And that the, the truck driver was also well paid and didn't have to work a 12 hour shift that put his or her life in danger, so on and so forth. Right. And yet, um, I, you know, these are the kinds of problems, right, that this, this love really needs to be addressing and solving in the world. And I would actually say to my listeners, the people who are involved in lean and continuous improvement, these are the kinds of things that we want to be working to put our energy towards as well. It's, it's, it's not always about improving flow in a company that's making more and more of something that's not particularly valuable in the world is how are we actually improving justice in the world and how are we making the world a better more more um more a happier place to be for everybody and i don't know the answers elena and it well, sounds like you don't you don't know them either right but no yeah. well the answer there is the answer i don't know i know the answer sorry i know the answer and this is well love but you have to awake and become aware and eliminate the root cause of your problems, your family's toxic emotional inheritance. Because if you do that, you evolve into a new human being. Then you will always make sane and healthy choices because you will be at the center of your life. You will be emotionally independent. You won't need any more external sources that dictate how you have to feel, what you have to think, or what how you have to behave, because you will know the truth, because it's inside yourself. So you don't need anybody outside that put on you their rules to live life, you know, because you will know it from the inside, what's right and wrong. And the more people evolve into new human beings, the more society become a functional and constructive place to live in. This is the one, answer. One, one person at a time. And then if somebody wants to start down a path such as yours, what would be the first recommendation that you would give them? Question everything. Question, Question everything. everything. Everything that was taught to you by family and society. It is not easy to, to 
question everything because many people are attached to, the, to their beliefs. This is why it's also we are we are not progressing as humans, as humanity. We haven't progressed much technologically. Fantastic, yeah. but mm -hmm. on a human level, humane level, I don't see that. I don't see that. I see that we are getting worse. There is a, a possibility for those who are awake now to coexist with the rest that is going to a different direction. And questioning everything is fundamental because you will begin to see the discrepancies that there are between your belief, your tendencies and reality. What, what was presented to you when you were a child, what you can see now, I mean, everything is out there. And, and then doesn't you know? it also take, uh, because, I, because I think it's interesting to say, well, you know, question everything. You also need to do some reflection, right? To identify, well, what is my driving belief with this? Um, you know, my whatever the driving belief is, it may not even be readily apparent to you. Um, and so you you probably need to do a little bit of, well, or a lot of reflection and thinking about, all right, well, what is this driving belief? Where did it come from, if that's important? And then how does that actually line up with reality with with what's happening factually and again you know from a lean continuous improvement perspective that's exactly what we should be doing all the time we absolutely should be taking what we believe and running experiments to see is this really true does this does this hold up factually um, and then then moving on from what we learn in each experiment and that that is so that's I think what you're saying is very well aligned with the underlying philosophy of of lean thinking. But it's it sounds also as if it is um, something that is it takes time, right? It's not a it's not an overnight well, process. Actually, thanks to the fact that I did it my own, I discovered that it doesn't take much time. It doesn't take much time. No, so tell us about that. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. You have to have someone like me that can give you the start, set in motion what, what you have inside, or better said, set yourself in motion. And, and then it's not that, uh, that long. It doesn't take that long. No, no, no. no. So, Alina, how do people find you if they want, they want to learn more from you? They can visit my website, sentido, I write it down while I spell it, sentido.com. This is S-E-N-T-I-D-U.com. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and YouTube. I am working at all those. All right, <laughs> she's on all the social to, media. Yeah. To be more present and uh, to reach as, uh, the right people, the right people. Yeah. Right. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what are you seeing with your clients in terms of how their lives change? Could you repeat it, please? How, 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 what have you seen with your clients in, in terms of changes in their life? Because you said you're already working with people mm -hmm. who are already high achievers. So what are, what are you seeing um, as they work with you? The the end of their unhealthy habits, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. 
I had clients who abused alcohol, smoked, and they, they quit. Um, a very important achievement was uh, their relationship with their children. Mm. Yeah, it changed completely. Especially two of them, they, one had almost no relationship with their children, and now they are friends. <laughs> so oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And the other one was coming from, a, created a toxic environment because she was in a very violent relationship and her children were unfortunately in between. Mm. And uh, she was very honest because she said, Elena, I am destroying the life of my children. Help me. Fantastic. These people, I love to help, you know, because open, yeah. honest. And, uh, and now they are, yeah, the, the, the man is gone. He, he left without much effort. <laughs> and uh, she regained uh, control on the, the, uh, the life at home and uh, organized everything. Yeah. And this is wonderful because now she, she's, they, these, these clients won't, they help their children free themselves from the toxicity that they inherited from them. And, uh, and so that these children will be happy children and will uh, bring into this world children who are free from this generational trauma. And this is wonderful. And the problems that I help solve are really well, almost all problems, you know, from uh, unhealthy habits, uh, leaderships, problems uh, regarding communication, for example, aggressiveness, um, relationships, problems, people who cannot find the right match or that are in a relationship that is not healthy, how to make it function or how to break it. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything that we are struggling with Maybe we have a low self-esteem, a lack of self-confidence. Yeah, yeah, that, that is. Um, I mean, th I think we we know, uh, particularly with um, uh, the imposter syndrome, that that comes from a, a sense of not having um, a, a good sense of your own value, of knowing that you are valued, and that. Well, that I, I don't uh, believe in this in the imposter syndrome. We. we don't have it i know that many people use it as a uh -huh. yeah but there is no imposter syndrome there is just this toxic inheritance that clouds who you are eliminate it you eliminate the problems in your life period simple very straight <laughs> thank you so tell me what would be your one piece of advice for a young person starting out for one person starting out um, alone by himself, whatever, wherever there could be a young person starting out on their own. Yes. Yeah. As I said, question yourself, reflect, self-reflection, what you said, very important. Um, just look around you better. Just look around. Yeah. Better. Thank you. That's, that's lovely advice. Helena Perella, thank you so much for traveling with me to the edges of Lean. It's been a very rich conversation. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. This is Bella Engelberg, and I'd like to thank Eleanor Perella for being my guest on the edges of Lean. 
What did you learn from this conversation? What ideas did it spark? We would love to hear from you. Find Eleanor at www.sentidu.com or on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn or at leanforhumans.com or comment wherever you watch or listen. Subscribe and tell a friend about the edges of lean. Please join me in exploring more of the edges of lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelberg with support from Podcast Inc. This is a Lean for Humans production.